48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. A concerned group urges the government to raise the minimum wage to at least $50 an hour. An education concerned group wants the government to reduce class sizes. And inbound travellers can now choose a service offering designated taxis to take them to their quarantine hotel. A concerned group is urging the government to raise the minimum wage to at least $50 an hour, saying people on base pay are struggling to make ends meet. The Catholic Diocese of Hong Kong Diocesan Pastoral Centre for Workers, Kowloon, says it surveyed more than 100 security guards over the past two months and found that around half earned less than $40 an hour, while more than 30% were on the minimum wage. Ngan Ping from the centre says the government should review the pay rate annually. We urge the government to raise the minimum wage rates to 50, at least $50 per hour. It is because it is a, 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 a raise that can support a reasonable life uh, for not only the particular worker but also their families. I think only when the review will be conducted every year that the minimum wage can match the rising inflation. From today, inbound travellers can choose to take designated taxis to quarantine hotels at their own expense. The government says the taxi industry arranged 100 taxis to provide the transport services on a trial basis. The taxis operate from 8am to 2am. The government also said it's improved existing free point-to-point transport services for inbound travellers to shorten journey times from the airport to quarantine hotels. Speaking at the airport, the Secretary for Transport and Logistics, Lam Sai Hung, said more taxis could be used if needed. We have to react to the demand from the community on such taxi services and we have heard quite a lot of noises from our community on this service and I'm sure that uh, this will meet the demand of some of the landing passengers. We will review the, the demand and adjust the service level to suit. At the present moment, we have engaged 100 taxis to provide such service. If required, we can engage more taxes to suit the demand. The head of an education concern group says he backs short-term measures to deal with the shrinking student population, noting that tens of thousands of cross-border students could return when the pandemic stabilises. Last week, an alliance of secondary school principals called for class numbers to be maintained but class sizes to be reduced. Mervyn Chung from the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Organisation says the Education Bureau wasn't in favour of this as it felt the decline in students was systemic. However, Mr Chung said officials should use the opportunity to introduce small class teaching. Smaller class teaching has assumed a new perspective. In these days, amid a sporing pandemic, uh, for instance, uh, dealing more effectively with students' uh, emotional problems uh, uh, because of lack of social life in school, and soaring up to their falling academic standards as a result of in-person classes having been disrupted repeatedly by the virus threat. So uh, I think uh, these are ready grounds for, for doing that, uh, uh, for doing small class teaching, even at, uh, at the secondary school level. Turning overseas, Pope Francis is in Western Canada at the start of a six-day visit that will focus on the Roman Catholic Church's contrition for abuse suffered by Indigenous children at residential schools. The Pope arrived at Edmonton Airport in a wheelchair. There had been concerns that his health had delayed the trip. The schools, many managed by the church, aimed to educate and assimilate Indigenous children from remote communities from the late 1800s until the 1990s. A report found that many pupils were 
pupils were abused and neglected, and more than 3,000 are thought to have died. Chief Wilton Little's child was the report's commissioner. This was the darkest, saddest, most unknown chapter in Canadian history. So it took us six years to hear directly from the students their stories of their lived experience in those schools. Many of them wanted to hear an apology. These people in Edmonton watched the Pope's convoy pass. I cheered up, um, and I think it's just because I have such immense respect for him, uh, particularly this Pope who is focused on reconciliation and understanding what's gone on here in Canada, and I think that that's of critical importance. He was answering to a call. Uh, I think it comes in the spirit of Catholic forgiveness and seeking forgiveness. So he lives up to his words and to, to our faith, so that's something that's deeply appreciated. A new report by British MPs says England's public health care system is facing its largest ever workforce crisis. The politicians say almost a million new jobs will need to be filled by the early part of the next decade. More details from the BBC's Jim Reid. This report found that the NHS in England is now short of 12,000 hospital doctors and more than 50,000 nurses and midwives. Unless decisive action was taken, the committee warned the situation would get worse as the population gets older and demand for healthcare increases. The government said the healthcare workforce was now growing and NHS England had been asked to draw up a long-term plan to recruit and retain more staff. A search and rescue operation has been taking place off the Bahamas after a boat carrying about 40 people capsized. At least 17 people have died. The Prime Minister Philip Davis said the victims were thought to be migrants from Haiti trying to reach the United States. Jasper Williams Ward, a reporter with the Nassau Guardian newspaper, has more details. Authorities have confirmed that at least 17 Haitians have died as a result of this vessel capsizing uh, shortly after 1 a.m. off the island of New Providence. Uh, The youngest victim is a young girl believed to be between the age of four and five. Fifteen women are dead and a man is dead. Um, Twenty-five individuals were rescued from the vessel, uh, including two men who were Bahamian and uh, believed to be the smugglers that oversaw this voyage that resulted in this, this mass casualty. The police commissioner of the Bahamas, Clayton Fernandez, said one woman had been found alive inside the overturned boat. The officers heard a knocking uh, to the hull of the boat. The divers eventually went down, and that's where they recovered the bodies, the 17 bodies. There was one female uh, who was still alive, was up in the air pocket of that, uh, the hull of that boat. So I believe that that's what kept her alive. Brazil's President Jair Bolsonaro has officially launched his re-election campaign at a stadium in Rio de Janeiro. Thousands of the far-right leaders' supporters filled the arena. Some waved colourful banners. Mr Bolsonaro is far behind his left-wing rival Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva in opinion polls. He said that needed to change. We have to attract the young leftists to our side, show them the truth and show them what they have to lose with their candidate. The president told the crowd he wouldn't allow fraud in October's vote. He's repeatedly criticised the election process without providing evidence. Mr Bolsonaro also promised to continue a cash welfare programme that makes payments to poorer Brazilians if he's re-elected. A video has emerged in Nigeria which appears to show an armed group with some of the hostages who were seized from a train in March. Eleven were freed last month and at least 40 are believed to be still in captivity. Here's the BBC's Roda Odiambo. 
In the 10-minute video, the gunmen are seen flogging hostages, mostly men who are lying unarmed on the floor, who had been taken off a train traveling from Abuja to Kaduna. Women, some of whom were shielding their children from witnessing the torture, are heard asking the international community for help, citing the government's failure to unite them with their families. State media in Myanmar say the military authorities have carried out the country's first executions in decades. Reports say four prisoners were put to death, including two well-known pro-democracy activists who were convicted for offences under anti-terrorism laws. The army seized power in Myanmar in a coup last year. Since then, it's rounded up opponents and tried to crush a popular uprising that's fighting to restore democracy. The junta announced it would resume executions last month, prompting condemnation from the United Nations. Finance and the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has downplayed the risk of a recession. Speaking to NBC, she admitted that economic growth was slowing but described this as a necessary period of transition. She said a downturn was not inevitable and pointed to strong hiring numbers and growing consumer spending as a sign of the economy's health. Ms. Yellen also defended the White House's recent policies. She said the U.S. had started selling oil reserves to lower gas prices and claimed interest rate hikes were helping to bring down soaring inflation. Currencies and the U.S. dollar is trading at 136.15 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and two cents. The pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 40 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,433, 176 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $48 billion. To sport and at the World Athletics Championships in the United States, Nigeria's Toby Amazon has won gold in the women's 100-metre hurdles. Elsewhere at the championships, the American Athing Mu was victorious in the women's 800 metres, as the BBC's Alex Kapstix reports. A sensational finish to the women's 800 metres and a repeat of the first two at last year's Tokyo Olympics. But it was much closer here in Eugene. The American Athing Mo, with the home crowd behind her, hung on for victory after a titanic struggle with Britain's Keely Hodgkinson, two young athletes and a rivalry which could last for many years. Nigeria claimed an extraordinary gold in the women's sprint hurdles. Toby Amazon was first across the line in the final, but that was after she'd set a new world record in the semi-final a little earlier. Her time in winning the title was actually faster, but the wind speed was slightly above the limit, so it won't count. Meanwhile, Sweden's Armand Mondo Duplantis won the pole vote, pole vote with a new world record. The 22-year-old Olympic champion Duplantis triumphed with a best of 6.21 metres, beating his previous best, which he set at the World Indoor Championships in Belgrade in March. American Chris Nilsson took silver on countback from Ernest Obiang, whose bronze was the first world medal of any colour for the Philippines. Norway's Jacob Ingebrigtsen bounced back from a 1,500-metre disappointment to claim a brilliant world championship gold medal in the 5,000 metres. Kenya's Jacob Krop claimed silver, and Uganda's Oscar Chalimo took bronze. And France's Kevin Meyer won his second world decathlon gold. Canada's Pierre Lepage claimed silver, and American Zach Zemak took bronze. Denmark's Jonas Vingegaard is a Tour de France cycling champion for the first time. Vingegaard completed 21 stages with the best overall time, beating last year's champion Tadej Pogacar by 2 minutes 43 seconds. Britain's Geraint Thomas finished third. Jasper Philipson of Belgium took the final stage in Paris, winning the sprint on the Champs-Élysées. The BBC's David Pritchard reports. The final stage of the Tour de France is purely ceremonial for those who've been battling for the yellow jersey. 
but it's still an iconic moment in the cycling calendar. At the Arc de Triomphe today, Danes were out in force for the coronation of new champion Jonas Vingago, who was beaming as he rode down the Champs-Élysées alongside his Jumbo Visma teammates. Vingegaard's win was defined by his duels in the mountains with Tadej Pogacar, the man who'd won the previous two tours. Those two set a ferocious pace at the top of the race and look like doing so for years to come. The Formula One championship leader Max Verstappen of Red Bull has won the French Grand Prix with Mercedes finishing second and third through Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. Verstappen is now 63 points clear of his closest title challenger Charles Leclerc, the Ferrari driver who crashed out for Verstappen. It was his seventh win of the season. Yeah, we just tried to stay calm, tried to stay close. Uh, of course, we pitted a bit earlier. Um, and yeah, from there onwards, you never know, know how the, the race is going to go. But uh, the car was quick today. And uh, of course, unlucky for Charles, I hope he's okay. Charles Leclerc says he only had himself to blame for the crash. It's my fault, and if I keep doing mistakes like this, then I deserve to not win the championship. So uh, the level is very high this year. Uh, I'm performing at a high level, but if I keep doing those mistakes, then it's it's pointless to be at a high level. So, uh, yeah, let's see. Canada's Brooke Henderson has won the Evian Championship in France for his second golf major. Henderson held off a chasing pack to win by one shot ahead of the American Sophia Schubert. Henderson said she felt relieved after the win. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting day, definitely not the start that I wanted, um, but I stayed pretty patient, as patient as I could under those circumstances, um, and then, you know, going into the back nine, um, you know, the saying is that majors are won on the back nine on Sunday, so I just tried to keep that frame of mind and knew that I was still in it if I could have a solid back and um, was able to make a few birdies, which was nice, um, and then obviously to make that birdie on 18, uh, that makes it feel really nice. <laughs> David Ortiz has been indicted in inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. The iconic Domini- Dom- uh, sorry, Dominican slugger known as Big Puppy paid for- played 14 seasons with the Boston Red Sox. He was on the team that ended Boston's 86-year title drought by winning the 2004 World Series. He also won with them in 2007 and 2013 when he was named World Series MVP. Ortiz was the only player voted into Cooperstown this year, receiving 77% of the votes in his first year of eligibility. Cricket now and Aksar Patel's career-best 64 not out lifted India to a series-clinching two-wicket win with two balls to spare over the West Indies in the second one-day international of a three-match series at Queen's Park Oval in Trinidad. Patel bludgeoned the runs off just 35 balls in his first one-day international in five years. And the weather, it'll be sunny and hot this afternoon and fine tonight with light to moderate southwesterly winds. It will stay very hot and fine for the rest of the month with highs possibly topping 35 degrees in urban areas, slightly higher in the new territories. Right now it's 35 degrees Celsius, humidity is 61%. The news from RTHK.
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 25th of July is today's date. Did you have a good weekend? It was very hot indeed. <laughs> Whatever you did, I hope you managed to stay nice and cool. Thanks to Phil for the morning brew. Cheers to the newsroom as well. 